Welcome to Mariner's Church Weekend Message Podcast, inspiring people to follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world. Discover your purpose and get connected by visiting marinerschurch.org or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to Mariner's Church. I'm so glad that you are with us. I wanna welcome those who are watching online, whether you're by yourself with a group of friends and all our Mariners hosted here gatherings. So awesome that we can gather together, sing songs to Jesus, look at the scripture together. This weekend, we are launching a a three-week teaching series on gratitude. I've been married for 25 years now to my wife, Kay, and she is so grateful for me. I wanna I want explain what that means because that sounds so prideful. Here's why she's thankful. is because she went into our marriage with, with essentially low or no expectations when it comes to me taking her out to eat, us going on dates or vacations. And so because there, were, there was no expectations or really low expectations, it was easy for me or it has been easy for me to exceed those expectations, which has thus resulted in her being grateful for the 25 years. So here's why this happened. Kay grew up in a a home where her father was a teacher, five kids, mom managed the cafeteria at the school that Kay grew up going to. And so great family, I mean, awesome family, but this met, they, they, they rarely went out to eat. I mean, I think they never went out to eat. One vacation, which was to go see family in New Mexico. And so, and when they went out to eat, it was, it was, it was fast food, like Mr. Billy, Kay's dad's favorite restaurant was Captain D's, which is a seafood fast food restaurant. All right, so I grew up at a bit of a food snob because I grew up in the New Orleans area where, where food is such an important part of the culture. So the first time that Kay and I had dinner with her family, it was at Captain D's. Now I remember, we, at this point, we know we're gonna get married. We're uh, sitting in the car after dinner with her family and I'm like, baby, um, I promise I will never eat Captain D's again. And to death do us part, this will be the last time that you had Captain D's as well. And so we get married and we don't have hardly any money. I'm a, I'm a part-time youth pastor, but I still, I, I still valued a good meal with my wife, which at that time in our marriage was the Pizza Inn Buffet, which, I mean, it's, it's not the best pizza. It's a really good price. But it was once a week where Kay and I would go to the pizza and buffet. And because though her bar of expectation was so low, she was blown away every time. I mean, she was like, yes. I mean, we're going to pizza in buffet. Boom. Because her expectations were exceeded. And then every now and then we would splurge and I would take her to the Shoney's breakfast bar. And Shoney's, if you don't know what that is, it's like a restaurant like Denny's, but imagine Denny's with a buffet. And so we would have, you know, cheesy eggs and French toast sticks and Kay's mind was blown because she had so low of expectation, expectation exceeded, resulted in gratitude and gratitude always results in joy. When we are grateful, we're excited, we're filled with joy, gratitude and joy, they always go hand in hand. And you know this, I mean, you've experienced this in your own life when you are grateful, when your expectations are exceeded, you are filled with joy. 
And not only do you know this, but science knows this, scripture knows this. I mean, there's a lot of understanding around expectations being exceeded, results in gratitude, gratitude results in joy. In fact, look, look at this scripture in the Bible. This is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 and 18. And this is the word of God speaking about the relationship between gratitude and joy. Here's what the apostle Paul writes, rejoice always. So be joyful, rejoice always. Pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So be joyful, be grateful. There's a relationship here. In fact, notice joyful, prayerful, thankful, they all rise up together. If you looked at a chart, it would look like this. As joy goes up, uh, gratitude always goes up. As gratitude goes up, joy always rises. Now notice in that verse, that prayer is in the middle. So rejoice, be thankful, be prayerful. In other words, the more you interact with God, the more you remember how amazing he is, the more you're in his presence, your joy will rise and your gratitude will rise. So if we're, if we're savvy at all, if we're sophisticated at all, we know we wanna be joyful. All of us are on a joy quest. Every single one of us, no matter where you're watching from right now, every one of us, our whole lives are on a happiness quest. And there's a lot of research that tells us the more thankful we are, the more joyful or the more happy we are. So if we're sophisticated, we're gonna think, I should be thankful. How do I get to be more thankful? Because that will cause my joy to increase. It's not just scripture that teaches this, science continually reveals this. There's so many studies that show the impact of gratitude. Robert Emmons is a professor at UC Davis. He's a psychologist as well, has done lots of research on gratitude. Here's just one of his studies. He grabbed three groups of people over a 10 week period of time to see the impact of practicing gratitude in their life. So the first group of people, every day, <clears throat> he asked them to write down things that they were thankful for. Second group of people, he asked them to write down things that frustrated them. So get it, first group of people every day, end of the day, they're reflecting, here's what I'm thankful for. Second group, here's the things that ticked me off today. And then the third group was to neither write down gratitude examples or frustrating examples, but just, the events that happened in the day. So after 10 weeks, the data was analyzed by Emmons and his team of researchers, and they found that those who were thankful every day were practicing gratitude. They were happier, they had more joy in their life, they were more healthy, they went to the doctor less frequently than the other two groups. Being grateful has an impact on your joy. That's just one of the studies. And because scientists continue to uncover that being grateful is good for us, a whole market has emerged on helping us be thankful. But if you go to Amazon right now, if you go to amazon.com right now and search in the search bar, gratitude journal, you will have more than 10,000 gratitude journals to choose from. So, so scientists have created this market where we know we need to be thankful and being thankful will make us more joyful. So there's 10,000 gratitude journals that you can purchase right now, but is it working? Are we a more grateful people? 
even though we have so many journals to practice gratitude at our disposal, is it actually making an impact in our lives? Are we actually more thankful? Is our culture more thankful? Are you more thankful? <clears throat> so here's what Robert Emmons concluded from all of his research about gratitude. He would say having a gratitude journal is good. It's good to write down what you're grateful for, but it needs to be true gratitude, not just platitudes that you're writing down. And Emmons de defines true gratitude as having three elements. This is important because you're not really grateful unless your gratitude has all three of these elements, according to the science. You've received a gift, number one, a gift you did not earn or deserve. It's a gift. You've received a gift. Number two, that you believe is of extreme worth and value. And number three, it costs the person who gave it to you a great price. Now, come on, this is good. That we are really grateful when we realize we've received a gift we didn't deserve. That gift is of supreme value to us and it cost the one who gave us the gift a great price. That is the scientific definition of gratitude according to Robert Emmons. So if I had a gratitude journal when I was first married to Kay and the gratitude journal wrote, I wrote down, so grateful I went to Pizza Inn tonight because I earned it. I made enough money to take Kay to Pizza Inn. It, according to Emmons, it wouldn't be real gratitude because I'm not viewing the pizza as a gift, but I'm viewing it as something I earned. Or if I wrote down in my gratitude journal, thankful or trying to be thankful for mediocre pizza, I, I wouldn't really be grateful because I wouldn't view the pizza as being very valuable. So to be grateful, I have to realize this is a gift it's valuable and it costs the one who gave me the gift a great price. So having a gratitude journal is helpful, but what we write down in the gratitude journal is even more important. So we're gonna look at a gratitude journal in scripture today. Now this is a long passage of scripture, but you're gonna see gratitude on display because the one who wrote this passage is King David. He was the king of Israel and he is filled with true gratitude because the Ark of the Covenant, which was where God met with his people in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle and the temple, the Ark of the Covenant has come back to Jerusalem, David's city, it's come back to Jerusalem. And so he views this as a gift. Wow, the presence of God has come to my city. I don't deserve this, I haven't earned this, this is a gift and it's of great value. There's nothing more valuable, David believes, than the presence of God. And he knows that this cost God because God's always the one who makes the first move. God's always the one who comes to us. And so David writes this epic hymn of thanksgiving, this song of gratitude. And I want us to read this together. And I want us to learn a bit about what happens in our souls when we are grateful and why we, those of us who believe in Jesus, can be and should be, we must be the most grateful people that there is. So here is the word 
of the Lord. Now, this is a very long passage, so I want you to press in. This is beautiful. This is God's word to us. <clears throat> Verse seven, <clears throat> First Chronicles 16. On that day, the day when God's presence came back to David's city, on that day, David decreed for the first time that thanks be given to the Lord by Asaph and his relatives. And here is, here's the song. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, proclaim his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell about all his wondrous works, boast in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done, his wonders and the judgments he has pronounced. You offspring of Israel, his servant, Jacob's descendants, his chosen ones. He is the Lord, our God. His judgments govern the whole earth. Remember his covenant forever. The promise he ordained for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham, swore to Isaac and confirmed to Jacob as a decree and to Israel as a permanent covenant. I will give the land of Canaan to you as your inherited portion. When they were few in number and very few indeed, and resident aliens in Canaan wandering from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their behalf. Do not touch my anointed ones or harm my prophets. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all peoples. For the Lord is great and highly praised. He is feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea and all that fills it resound. Let the fields and everlasting and everything in them exult then the trees of the forest will shout for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And they say, save us, God of our salvation. Gather us and rescue us from the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and rejoice in your praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. What an epic psalm, hymn of thanksgiving to God. And here in this hymn, you see that David who penned these words, he is grateful that God is the God above everything, the creator, the ruler, the sustainer, that there's no one like him, that the little G gods don't compare to him, that anything else in this world falls short of who he is. So David is thankful for who God is and he's thankful for what God has done. 
He's thankful that God is the one who keeps his promises to his people. He made a covenant, a promise to love Israel, to love this group of people. And even though we wandered away, God has kept his promise to love us. He's been so good to us. He defended us. He protected us. He provided for us. He is the great God. And yet he is so good to us. And so at the end of this epic hymn, David repeats a refrain that you see multiple times in scripture. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. See, God is good to you because he is good and his faithful love lasts forever. My faithful love to him hasn't lasted. Yours hasn't lasted. There's so many times in my life and your life, we've made promises to God that we haven't kept. So many times that we have wandered away from him, that we've gone our own way, but his love on us, those of us who belong to him is fixed. His eternal love, his faithful love is secure. And this causes David to be filled with such gratitude. And so he commands, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. Now, maybe you wrestle with a command to give thanks. I mean, some wrestle that we have a God who commands us to give him thanks. I mean, some would say, well, is something lacking in this God that he needs us to thank him, that he's insecure and he's saying, hey, I'm really wrestling, something's lacking in me. And so I need you to thank me. I need you to thank me. No, nothing's lacking in this God. He's the God who rules and reigns over everything. He's not needing us to thank him as if something's missing in his life. Here's the reality, because he's God, he's going to be worshiped and thanked and praised. In fact, when Jesus walked this earth, Jesus said, if people don't worship God, the rocks will, because he's going to be worshiped, he's going to be thanked. So if he doesn't need you to thank him, why is he commanding you to thank him? It's because his faithful love endures forever. It's because God knows that it is good for you to be thankful to him because as you're grateful to him, your joy always increases. God is after your joy. He pursues your joy more than you pursue your joy. And he knows that when you are grateful for him, he knows that then your joy will increase. Another way to say this is remembering that God is good to me is good for me. Mariners Online, will you, will you say that with me right now? Remembering that God is good to me is good for me. See, long before any researcher or philosopher or scientist uncovered that being grateful is good for us, God commanded us to be grateful to him because he knows that this is really good for our joy. Your gratitude will impact your joy. All the scientists realize this, and this is why God is commanding us to be grateful. Now remember Robert Emmons' definition of gratitude. This is so fascinating. Emmons said, hey, if you're gonna really be grateful, you have to understand that what you, what you have is a gift, 
of great value and it cost the giver a great cost. What does this mean for us who are Christians? How much should this impact our gratitude? What have you received? What have you received from God? If you're on, if you're watching this during the live service right now and we have the chat up, go ahead and answer. What have you received from God? What have you received from Him? What has He given you? What has He given you? Call, call it out right now. What has He given you? I've got some answers for you. You know this. <clears throat> for those of us who are in Christ, He has given us everlasting forgiveness. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. All of our sin and our shame completely removed from us. That's what he's given us. He has given you, if you've believed in him, the right to be his son, his daughter. John chapter one, verse 13, Jesus came to those who were not his own and his own rejected him, but to those who received him, that's us, he gave the right to be called children of God. This is what he gave us. Forever now, you are his son, you are his daughter. What, what else has he given you? What has he given you? If you've believed in him, the Holy Spirit of God has moved into your life. You have been given the fruit of the Spirit in your life now. Because of Jesus, you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what he's given us. This is what he's given that we did not deserve. Those of us who are Christians, those of us who have received his grace, what else has he given? An everlasting inheritance kept in heaven for you that will neither spoil, fade, or perish. He's given this to you. He's given you community with other Christians. He's given you blessings in your daily life. He's given you the constant protection of the Father. He's given you the promise that He will work all the pain and all the struggles in your life for the good of those of us who love Him. He's given you the promise that a day is coming in which every tear will be wiped from your eyes and you will forever be in His presence. Oh, He has given us so much. Gratitude, you've received a gift, too, that you believe is so valuable. How valuable? How valuable do you really believe the grace is that God has given you? How valuable is his forgiveness? How valuable is the reality that the Spirit of God has moved into your life? How valuable is the reality that here we are, we, we can look at God's word right now. We should be so grateful for this, right? He's breathed his word for us to behold in this moment. You can hear from God. He's not silent. We're reading the scripture that he's given us. He's not a quiet God. He wants you to know him more. How valuable is this to you? So gratitude, you've received a gift of great value and it cost the giver a great price. How much did it cost God to give us all that he's given us? How much did it cost? How much? It cost him everything. God the Father sent God the Son into this world for us 
so that we could be reconciled back to God. And God the Son, Jesus, placed on the cross for us becomes all of our sin and our shame. It costs God the Father giving up his only son so that we would not be given up. So the gift you have received of great value cost him the life of the son, Jesus. We should be the most grateful people. And so in my life, the times that I struggle to be grateful, and there are those days and those moments, it's because I've forgotten what I've received or what I've received from God. For some reason, it's less valuable to me than it was. Maybe things of this world have become more valuable and I've forgotten how amazing His grace is or I've forgotten how great a price Jesus paid to make me His forever. And see, this is why those of us who are Christians should be the most grateful people in the world, which also means, Christians, listen, we should be the most joyful people, not the most angry people, not the most disappointed people, not the most bitter people, but the most joyful people. Because as gratitude increases, joy always increases. And we have so much to be thankful for because us as Christians, we understand everything we have is a gift. Our expectations were low because we believed, this is what us Christians believe. We believed we we didn't deserve God. We didn't deserve his forgiveness. We didn't deserve his grace. And he has exceeded every one of our expectations. Therefore, our gratitude has increased and so does our joy. G.K. Chesterton said it this way, all goods look better when they look like gifts. The shirt you're wearing, the good of the shirt, it looks so much better when you realize it's a gift. It's a gift. Car you will drive this week, it's gonna look so much better when you realize it's a gift that we had no expectation, but God gave us everything and everything we have from the car we drive to the reality that we're called the children of God, that all of this is a gift from him. Now, for some, this is really offensive. I mean, this is like the offensive part of the Christian faith. And some of you are thinking, why? That, why would Christians then be so grateful? Because you Christians, you actually believe that you deserved nothing. And because you deserved nothing, wouldn't that cause you to be um, people who are, constantly down on yourself, thinking that you're, you're the worst people, or, or wouldn't it cause you to have a sense of being demoralized because you Christians believe you didn't deserve anything? Well, see, if, you, if that's what you think, you don't understand Jesus and you don't understand gratitude. Because those of us who are Christians, this is what we realize. We didn't deserve anything but death for our sin, for our rebellion against God. But because of Jesus, we've been giving everlasting life, hope, and a future. And this is what Jesus does. He moves into our life, makes us children of God forever. And Jesus is our joy. And Jesus is better than anything that this world offers. And according to all the research on gratitude, this actually makes us more grateful and more joyful because we realize that everything we have in our life is a gift. And it's valuable because it's given to us by Jesus and it cost him everything. 
And so as our gratitude increases, our joy increases all the time. Are you grateful today? Are you grateful? Will you remember the gift, the gifts that he has given? Will you remember how valuable they are and that everything God has given you cost God the Father, his son on a cross on your behalf? This will melt your heart and will cause your gratitude to increase and your joy to increase with it. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a pastor excuse me, in London in the mid-1900s. And he, he, he answered the question about gratitude that you don't really know how much to be grateful until you understand what was done for you. In, in other words, he's put it this way. In, when someone pays a debt, you don't know how deep your gratitude should be unless you understand how big the debt was. So if someone pays a small debt, there's often small gratitude. If someone pays a a massive debt, then the gratitude is much higher. For example, I I take my daughters out to eat frequently and Mariner's Church in Southern California, you are so generous. I mean, mean, it, it feels like half the time I'm at a restaurant that the waiter will come to the table and I'll have one of my daughters with me and the waiter will say, um, hey, your bill's already been paid for. And if I, we, my daughter's like, they're blown away. Sometimes they, they've teared up. They're like, daddy, I love our church. Our church loves us so much. We're, they're so grateful. It's so awesome for me to see their gratitude. And so we'll say, hey, can you tell us who it is? And then we'll go over to the table. Oftentimes they'll say, no, they want it to be anonymous or they've already left. And so the whole way home with my daughter, she'll talk about how amazing it is that somebody paid our, our bill and how grateful she is. I mean, when someone pays your debt, it pulls some gratitude out of you. It's so beautiful for me and tender for me to see my daughter just in awe of how generous you are. So grateful she is. I'm grateful too. I'm grateful that a bill at a restaurant is paid. But how grateful would I be if you paid the rest of my mortgage and, and you're, wel- you're welcome to to do so, I'm joking. How grateful would I be if not a restaurant bill was paid for, but the balance of my entire mortgage was paid for? I mean, at that point, it wouldn't be going to a table and saying thankful and saying thank you. It would be falling down on my face with extreme gratitude. And we understand as Christians that Jesus did not pay for our restaurant bill, but he paid for the entire debt of our sin and our shame. Our sin, not in part, but the whole was nailed to the cross and we bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. He has paid the ultimate price for us to be sons and daughters of his forever. Are you grateful for what he has paid for you? This week, will you think, will you reflect on how good he has been to you? Because remembering that God is good to you is always good for you. Now, Mara's online. This is what I want you to know you can do right now. At all of our physical locations this weekend, we have a gratitude wall where people are able to, to write down what God has done for them, how good God has been to them. 
And we have a digital version of this for you. And so just text GRATEFUL to the number on the screen, and then you will be able to participate and, and write down, which is good for you, write down how good God has been for you. Write it down because it is good for you when you remember how good God is to you. Your gratitude will increase, your joy will increase. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. All right, extend your hands please and let me pray a prayer of blessing over you as we go. Jesus, I pray you'd bless your sons and daughters this week, that you would remind them that you are gentle and approachable and that you love them. Cause your face to shine on them. I pray they will experience your mercy and your joy this new week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the Mariner's Weekend Message Podcast. To support the ministry of Mariner's Church, you can click the link in the show notes or download the Mariner's app at your favorite app store. If you've been navigating God's wisdom with us through this year's annual read and would like to hear personal reflections from pastors in your community, check out the Gospel Everyday Podcast. Imagine feeding your heart, mind, and soul with the kind of practical wisdom that will change your life. If you haven't picked up the annual read yet, visit marinerschurch.org or download the Mariners app for more information on where to find it.